How many know today that God is? He is able. There is nothing out of the realm of possibility with God today. Because of that, we can march forward in the hope of his grace today. For a lot of people, I've heard those songs in the past, and I never had that particular problem in my life. But I tell you this, that there are people today that have problems in their life that are equally as destructive. So often and many times we think about the whole narrative of our chains being broken. It's not just off of certain things that we categorize as being problems. Can I tell everybody tonight, sin is a problem. Or this morning. And because of that, we have the hope of Christ Jesus and the blood of Christ in our life to set us free. And I, I can't remember who it was that wrote that song, but I listened to that song. I never had that problem, but I can tell you this, I had some things I needed the Lord to turn around in my life. And I'm grateful that God saw fit by his grace to do just that. Amen. And I believe when we come before God with a heart of purity, and we are serious about needing God to move in our life, that God will move. How many believe that? When you're serious, if you're playing games with God, ain't, ain't no use to expect anything. But if you're serious, I believe God will move by his grace in your life. If you will, turn with me to the book of Psalms. I want to share with you this morning for a few moments from the word of God. Psalms chapter 1. When you have it, say amen. Stand with me as we read. If you will, I won't ask you to stand anymore, but just for a moment as we read this scripture, reverence to God. Bible said, blessed, somebody say blessed, is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth in its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. In Psalm chapter 37, verse 23, the Bible says this, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. I want to preach from this thought this morning, what's your pleasure? What's your pleasure? Father, we love you, and we come, Father, this place and point in the service where we pull up to the table of your grace, and we dine, Lord, from the manna that you have for us through your word. We ask you, Lord, that you would take it, you would move upon every heart and every life god that you would allow your word to change to deliver to build faith to refresh to renew and lord to give us hope and hope in the end father that maketh not ashamed as we put our faith and our trust in you today and we'll give you the glory for it all in jesus name and everybody said amen amen look at somebody around you and ask them what's your pleasure it is important when you're dealing with this journey called life to know 
what your heart is. And at every state in your life, where your heart's at. And what God wants to do in your life is contingent upon the heart and contingent upon what you desire to allow God to do within your life. Amen? And it's important for us to realize in the narrative of all this that when we come to a place in our walk with God where we begin to wonder sometimes under the pressures of it all if it's even worth it, it's in those times that we do not cave in to the faults and the temptations of the enemy. Amen? So often we can reach some hard places in life. Can somebody say yes? We can reach some places in life that sometimes seem unbearable. And where it can sometimes be easy to give in if we allow ourselves to. How many knows that there's uh, moments in our life where we really have to put up a good fight in our fight of faith? There are moments in our life when we have to stand strong under the fiercest wind and storms of life uh, just to continue to be able to stand forth uh, and to press on and to accomplish that which God uh, has purposed for you to accomplish. In life we reach moments uh, that are very heavy and that are very grievous and that are very discouraging and uh, I don't know about you but I reach them quite often from point A to point B and I may have a season where I'm on the mountaintop and then I'll have a season where I'm in the valley and in that valley I, I face some great and heavy storms some some uh, very burdensome situations, some things that seem so heavy and it's in those times uh, that I really have to draw near to God and I really have to remind myself uh, what it is that God wants for me and I have to begin to do inventory in my life and ask myself what it is that I want to, from God. Do, do I have a desire to continue to press forth and to have faith and trust in God today? And so I have to ask myself what's my pleasure in life? Because how many knows that faith is important in your life? Amen? Faith is so important in your life. We talked about it often it is so important in your life that it should be how you live. It should be the journey you, you, you take is based upon your faith, your faith in God and making the right uh, the decisions in life and doing the right things. Amen. Believing that by your faith that God is going to see you through. How many believes that your faith is that important today? I said it just a few weeks ago, but I want to say this, that David is talking about a blessed man and and through this scripture, God just kept beginning to ask me, what is your pleasure? He said, I want, to, I want you to ask the people, what is your pleasure today? What is your delight? Where do you stand in your faith in God? For the Bible said that the man that is blessed will not walk in the counsel of the ungodly today. How many knows it's important today to be careful where you get your guidance from and be careful where you get your information from and be careful who today to make sure that we get our influence from the right places. It's so easy to be influenced by ungodly opinions and ungodly desires and, and ignorant insight and prideful people and prideful agendas. It's so easy for us if we're not careful to, to find ourselves falling under the counsel that will lead us astray and lead us into corruption. 
My Bible tells me that we're dealing with a man by the name of Joseph uh, who has gone through uh, trial after trial and now he finds himself uh, in Potiphar's house and the word of God said that Potiphar looked, uh, loved him and he placed him over everything there and, and yet Potiphar's wife came forward and and she began to entice, uh, try to entice Joseph and, and try to counsel him to, to go in and to lay with her. And Joseph kept pushing himself back and, and saying, no, I cannot do this thing because uh, I've got to remain faithful to my God. And there again, day after day, she would come to him and she would entice him. But then uh, there came a day when finally she again and began to entice him and he told her again, said, I cannot do this thing and sin against my God. And then as she began to reach over and take his garment and take hold of him, the Bible said that he ran. Can I tell somebody today that Joseph did something that is very important to us in our life, in our faith walk with God. It is not to fall prey to the counsel of the ungodly that will try to influence us and place us in the trap of the enemy. I come to preach today somebody and let you know that there is a mighty God that we serve and if we're going to walk in the graces of God then we've got to be willing to say no to ungodly counsel. To counsel that will try to trap us. To counsel that will try to destroy our lives. To counsel that will lead us in the paths of division. To counsel. Oh can somebody hear what I'm saying? To counsel that will destroy your family. To counsel that will destroy your livelihood, to counsel that will destroy your faith, to counsel that will put you in a prayful position for the enemy to devour you. We don't have time to hear what thus says the enemy, but we do need to draw near to God and hear what thus saith the Lord God Almighty for our lives. Somebody ought to praise him in this house if you believe it today. We don't have time to draw ears near to the attention of counsel of ungodliness counsel that will do things that will lead us astray. The word of God lets us know that Joseph was in the midst of that influence and he could have easily gave in. The Bible doesn't say that but he had enough faith in his God that he wasn't going to give in. I'm talking to somebody this morning that knows what your pleasure is. Is your faith secure in God or in the moments of pressures and weakness are you very easily, readily able to give in or to stand as Joseph did. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, we ought to have people that are so close to God and rooted and grounded in the faith that when the enemy comes, they Come on now. Hey man, we don't give it a second thought. We know what God desires of us and we're willing to stand in the midst of it all and having done all to stand and to be able to give God the, the praise of his glory through our faith and our attitude, amen, in life, knowing this, that what God has to do, has to say in our life is so much more relevant and important than what the enemy wants to do in our life. Joseph, he fled. He got out of there. He, he just rebuked it and he fled from it. The word of God said in Genesis chapter 3, verses 2 through 3, he said we, that, that, that the, the enemy came to, to Eve. And he began to ask her about the trees of the fruit of the garden. 
She said that, hey, we can't eat of this one particular tree. We're not even supposed to touch it or we'll die. And the serpent began to counsel her and try to influence her. He began to say, oh, no, you not surely die. She said, but the moment you eat it, you'll be like God and, and you'll begin to, to know good and evil. And through all this, she began to look again, listening to the ungodly counsel, listening to the influence of the enemy. She began to look again at the tree that God said don't touch and God said don't eat. And because of that counsel, she begins to, to go forth and to second guess this thing and to look into this thing. And can I go ahead and tell somebody that's what's happening in America today? They begin to second guess things. They begin to look at things, amen, to God from a different perspective and begin to compromise and and. and used to be that the world did not have a place in the church, but now worldliness, worldliness has quickly made its way into the church at different levels because we looked again when the enemy said, oh, ain't nothing wrong with that. And God said there was, but because the enemy said there wasn't nothing wrong with it, we gave into it. And then as we gave into it, we began to notice that our fire began to decrease and our anointing began to, to, to decrease. And oh, this ain't good. This, this, this ain't good preacher. You don't want to go this route. Let me go ahead and tell you that the church that was birth the fire was one that was dedicated to the cause and did not give in to worldly influence. The church that I'm talking about that was dedicated to God was the church of God's anointed. The people that are dedicated to God, that walk in God's anointing, that walk in his power, that walk in his grace. Let me go ahead and tell you that if you want to draw near to God, he will draw near to you. But if you listen to the counsel of the enemy and you do like he did, you begin to second guess and you begin to put... To compromise with the world. Second guess what God said. It is going to affect your walk with God. It's going to affect your fire. It's going to affect your anointing. It's going to affect where you're at and who you're, who you're supposed to be and who God's called you to be. It's going to affect. And God sent me by here to tell somebody today that we've been through enough senseless battles. It's time to rise up again in God's anointing and wake up to the counsel of God. Amen. It's time to wake up to the counsel of God's word today. We begin to compromise by listening to what the enemy says. Some folks just don't mind. They just, go, they just love what they're doing. And they love it so much, they just keep doing it. And it don't ever change. And if the surface of the message comes forth at a sermon or one-on-one -on -one in conversation, it's always somebody else's fault. Oh, help me, Lord. Because when we reach a place of compromise, we do like Eve. We can't take the blame for ourselves. We got to point around and say, the serpent deceived me. Come on, somebody. 
Oh, help me, Holy Ghost, to preach this today. Amen. We, again, need to understand that the question is relevant in our life as an individual and as a church. What's our pledge? It is, is it to hear what God desires and to live in the paths of that great hope? Or is it to stand in the paths of sinners, stand in the course of sin, of, 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 of unrighteousness because of ungodly counsel? So some folks just love to live in that path. They don't care what they do at whatever cost. But I'm telling you today that, that this path will lead to a scornful, evil place in your life. When you listen to ungodly counsel, it'll guide you down a path of of brokenness before you know it you'll be living in the sinful paths of unrighteousness and then in the end you'll find yourself hanging around with the scornful with the wrong attitude with the attitude of, of brokenness and we got enough of that in the church today amen preacher we on TV you ought not to be going here I'm going to go where God takes me we got enough of it in the church today. Oh, we. I don't care what you look like on the outside. I want to know what's happening on the inside. God don't care what you look like on the outside. A monkey can dance. A monkey can shout. What I do want to know is, what God wants to know is, where are you getting your guidance from? Is it from the ungodly paths of ungodly people and ungodly worldly influence? Or is it from God? Is it from his word? Is it in places of prayer? Because God doesn't care what you're wearing, whether you wear a suit, whether you're able to sing the most beautiful song. There's going to be a lot of people who worship God that are going to bust hell wide open because they listened to the wrong counsel and did not let God be God of their life. Amen. Oh, God, preacher, don't say that. You mean to tell me that? Yes, Jesus said there are going to be some that say unto me, Lord, haven't we done this in your name and haven't we done that in your name? He's going to turn away say, turn away from me, depart from me. I never knew yet. I knew you dance. I knew you dress. I knew where you went to church. I knew where you didn't go to church. But I didn't know you because your pleasure was for the world and for ungodliness. But God sent me by to tell somebody it's time for the church to rise up again to wake up again and be what God wants it to be amen it's time for the fussing to stop it's time for the fighting to stop it's time for the division to be over with it's time to tune in to the counsel of God it's time to get in God's anointing again there ought not to be a time when we break this sanctuary door that we don't walk into a glorious prepared presence of God's anointing that's able to crush addictions and to Help me, Lord. Help me, Jim. My goodness, touch somebody and tell them, ain't it so? Preacher, I'm mad with you. That's why half of people ain't here no more because of this stupid mess going on. (laughs) 
because people got more pride than they do faith church should be full right now because people but people been hurt because you've been listening to ungodly counsel and you've been walking in the paths of sinners and you want to be blessed but David said the only blessed one is the ones that avoid these things preacher you don't know what you're talking about you just got here yesterday I'm telling you the God of heaven and earth will divinely show you don't you think don't think that as a man of God I don't spend time in prayer you don't have to have a meeting with me and tell me everything that's happened the spirit will bear witness of what's going on I ain't fighting this every day I'm not going to fight it every Sunday. I'm not going to fight it every Sunday night. I'm not going to fight it in the, in the, in the, in the praise team. I'm not going to fight it in leadership. I'm not going to fight it. I came here because God sent me here, and it is to lead people in the paths of his righteousness. I didn't come to dictate to you, but I come to tell you, we are not going to have foolishness. We are going to listen to the counsel of God. Amen. I don't know why I'm going here, but I got to obey the Lord. It was so tight in here just a while ago. I don't know about you, but it was tight. My goodness. I heard a preacher tell me one time, he said, lead, follow, get out the way. Had another preacher tell me, whatever you're going to do, you better do for the Lord, better do it quickly. Because time is drawing short. Well, who do you think you are? You just ain't nothing but another man. That's what's wrong with people today. They don't even reverence God's position leaders anymore. They don't do it. God didn't sit us up here just to look pretty and, 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 and preach a message, make you smile. When I stand before God, he was wanting to know, did you care for the soul? Did you care enough to tell them what I put in your heart? Did you care enough to lead them and to guide them and to train them? Did you care enough not to be afraid of? And make no mistake, I'm not afraid. I fear God. Well, preacher, we ain't coming back here. To, that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong, church. Since when did we become little gods? He's God and Him alone. We don't come here to change Him. He, we come here to be changed of Him. We come here to allow God to transform our life. And I'm of a general consensus that really a lot of a lot of people that are waiting to be delivered aren't getting delivered because of the atmosphere. I'm mad with you now. Oh, our attendance is fixing to decline, preacher. You ought not to preach a sermon like this, preacher. I don't want you to stand before God, amen, to the Lord, and not have heard what thus saith God to your life, that 
that says, I need to look at myself. I need to ask myself the question, what is my pleasure? Is my pleasure to be more like him? Or is my pleasure to make him be what I want him to be? I want to tell you today, somebody, you'll never be able to make God what your flesh wants him to be. You'll only be able to draw near to him by your faith. And it will not be in the realms of ungodly counsel and walking in the paths of sinners. You'll be finding yourself sitting in the seat of the evil attitude of scorn where nothing's going right because you wouldn't give it to God. Yeah, that's what preacher ain't coming back here. You're sitting in the seat of the scornful. Don't do it. Y'all mad with me yet? Preacher, we on TV. You ought not be doing this on TV. Every church needs to hear this. Every one of them. Because I've been to a few. And don't think y'all ain't the only ones faith. Every church I've been to are facing it. And it's senseless. It makes no sense. I either love you or I don't. I either care about you or I don't. And if I don't, I need to get to an altar of prayer. I need to forgive. I need to get over it. But I don't need to stay in this rut. Because you'll never be blessed in this place. David said these conditions will keep you from walking in the realm of God's blessing for your life as an individual and as a church. Help me, Holy Ghost. I know it's hard, but i got to preach this. Why is he blessed? Why is the one who avoids these things blessed? Because he lets God direct his steps and not the world and not evil, ungodly influence. Amen. I had a lady walk up to me one time and said, Brother Brett, you just need to, you need to deal with this. You don't know what's going on. Bless God, you need to deal with this. I said, sis, God's got it. Leave it alone. I'm not, I'm not ignorant to what's going on. Hell, well, you just need, you need, need to handle it. I said, I'm telling you, if I handle it, I'm going to mess things up. But if God handles it, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to wait on God. Because as God leads me, it'll be justified. It'll be right. It'll be righteous. But if I do it in my way and in my feelings and in my attitude and in, in the counsel of ungodliness, I'm going to mess up some things. And I don't want to mess up anything because I want to be blessed. I want to be directed by God. I, I, I want to know this, that I can avoid these evil contentions in my life of listening to the wrong counsel and walking in the paths that, that have come to me by ungodly counsel that I've embraced and then ended up in a place of scorn. I don't want to live in that realm. I don't want to live in that kind of contention. I want to delight in the Lord. How many wants to be happy in God? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hand. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hand. If you're happy and you know it, and your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hand.
Amen. Now, if you're happy and you know it, smile at somebody and tell them I'm happy. Come on now. Oh, preacher, that's old school. Well, we acting like babies sometimes. Maybe we need to go back to romper room. Amen. Sing a little. Come on, somebody. Sometimes children have more maturity than us adults. Glory to God. They can get over something tomorrow and be friends again. Amen. Bless God, we get aggravated. Man, we just set out to revenge on somebody. We're going to destroy them. I'm mad with the pastor for I let it know, and I'm going to spread it all over town. Amen. I'm going to mess him up. Oh, I'm mad with this one. I'm going to mess sister so-and-so up. I'm a mad. My, my goodness. Come on, somebody. I don't want to live that way. When I was a kid, I went to school. I didn't want to go to school in that kind of environment. I liked everybody I come around. I wanted to see my friends. Black, white, red, or yellow. It didn't matter. Amen to God. I wasn't prejudiced. I just want to see somebody and have fun. And Dear God, but when I got older, I began to realize that adults acted worse. Until you make a choice that you're not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You're not going to stand in the way of sinners. You're not going to sit in the seat of the scornful. But you're going to let God direct your steps. Psalm 37, 23 said, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. He'll give you direct. How many wants good direction? Amen. Well, that good direction that God wants to take us to will build this church. Not only will it build this church, every church that will embrace it, it will build that church. Amen? There ain't no reason for churches to be empty. None. You either going to listen to God and take the counsel of God, or you just going to cave in to the ungodly counsel of the enemy. There's no reason for churches to be dry and dead and empty. Amen. Not when we have such a wonderful God. Amen. I'm talking about a God that's able to heal, to save, to break chains. Oh, the churches ought not to be empty. They ought to be thriving because people ought to be telling somebody, look what the Lord has done. God won't direct you to destroy your neighbor, but he will direct you to pray over them and to pray with them and to lift them up. He won't direct you to do anything that brings division, but he will direct you in paths of blessing. And the thing is today that there's some people that need to run back to the place where the enemy robbed from you. There's some people that left Stoneville, you need to get back. There's some, I come to tell somebody today, the enemy ran you off, but God's saying, listen to the voice of God and come back to the place where the enemy stole from you and say, I will not be moved again in my faith. Oh, we're really mad at you now, preacher. Don't live in that scorn. 
I love every one of you. But if I'm going to play games with God, I'm going to go home because I didn't get in this ministry to smile and play politics. I'm not going to do it. I want to see God have his way. Now, God will move some people that need to be moved. But there's some people the devil run off. And they need to know this church really does care for them. Is that all right? Some of you might be out there thinking, but bless God, I hope they don't come back. You need an altar of prayer. You need an altar of prayer. Amen. Some people that have left that need to be back. Maybe there's some that don't. We'll let God work that out. But the ones that do, God will speak to them and know. And I hope they're watching right now. Because I want them to know, amen, to God that we're going to pray and we're going to stand with them and we want them back. You're just trying to get numbers in the church. No, I'm not. The Bible said if we have all with our brother, we're supposed to go to our brother. And we're supposed to make it right. Half these people left and ain't nothing been resolved yet. And God didn't cause them to leave. They ran from the enemy. And they need to be restored. Come on, somebody. I know y'all with me because if you got the heart of God you got to be with me I know we're not in heaven yet but the church ought to be the closest thing there it ought to be it can be if we let God guide us though he fall the Bible said in Psalm 37 24 though he fall he shall not utterly be, utterly be cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand you can fall, but he will hold you up. Amen. How many knows that's your God? Mm -hmm. He will counsel you, guide you, protect you. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Through these graces, God prepares us to be what David was talking about in the last part of that chapter, like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Quit being a pine tree that blows down every time the wind comes. Be a tree planted by the rivers of living water, strong with deep roots, amen, near to the waters of life, near to the waters of nutrients, near to the place where God, this is saying something today to somebody about God's purpose for you, amen, God has made every necessary provision for you not to fail, amen, Woo. Oh, look at somebody and say, if you fail, it's your fault. It ain't the preachers. It ain't the Sunday school teachers. It ain't the DM. It ain't the bishop. It ain't the conference or the executive council 
Well, boy, if you fail, it's you. Amen. You don't have to. God's given you provision to bring forth fruit in season. What is that saying to me? Keep being faithful. Your faithfulness is bound to pay off. Amen. How many want, how many has had to be faithful during the most pressured times in your life? Don't cave in to the wrong counsel and end up in the rut of sinners' paths and find yourself in the seat of the scorn. Avoid those things under the most excruciating pressures and hold on to your faith. Is this your pleasure this morning? Come on, somebody. Is this what you want in your relationship with God? Then if it is, you got to know this, that faith at whatever level has a dividend that will pay off in the end. If you can stand by it, hold on to it, walk in it, and not give in to the enemy. Stand with me if you will. What, what, what are you trying to say here today, preacher? I'm giving you the raw truth. We ought to be walking in the joy of our salvation and in the anointing of God's Holy Ghost. We ought to be preaching salvation, sanctification, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and seeing people grow in these areas. Not letting the enemy counsel us into things that are destroying us. We got to stop it. Preacher, who are you talking about? You calling my name, but I ain't calling no names. I'm telling you, there's a spirit out there that is trying to do these things. And he's accomplishing it in great ways. Well, preacher, now ain't nobody going to want to come to Stoneville. I doubt that. They probably will. Amen. Because like the bishop, I'm going to say what I'm going to say because God put it in my mouth to say it. I don't see what he'll do. He'll tell you he'll send the enemy after you if you go down to Myrtle Beach and hang out, straighten you out, and send you back here where you can get some God. Amen. Come on, somebody. That's what we need. We need the truth. We spend more time sharing the gospel instead of fighting for whatever it is we fight for listening to this ungodly counsel if somebody comes up to you talking to you about somebody else in a way and I don't mean you can have conversation talk about situations and things but if you've got a bitterness in your heart that has caused somebody to go and to just talk about that person then you need to stop and say oh wait a minute come on now we need to pray for them Sometimes you're going to have situations where you need to discuss some things, but don't do it out of malice and hurt and anger. Discuss things with a, a spirit of love, with a spirit of concern. That's what it ought to be. But also don't think that because we're supposed to be lovers of God and lovers of men that we're doormats for the enemy. Because like Cain and Abel, God will tell you, just as he told Cain, if you do not do right, won't you be accepted? Amen. Do right. Well, preacher, I just don't know how to do that. Do it. 
through prayer, through going to God. The Bible said, whosoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Whether it's salvation or whether it's coming to the Lord, sometimes we just need to shut the world out and go spend some time with God. And like a preacher said this week, do more listening than we do talking sometimes. That's where we ought to be. A thriving church can only thrive. A thriving conference can only thrive when we put God where he belongs and when we have a pleasure for his purpose and not ours. God help us. If it's your pleasure this morning to put your everything in God's hands and trust Him and to not listen to the world as your guide to ungodly counsel but you want to delight in the law of the Lord let Him direct your steps in your life you want to see your family spiritually healthy you want to see them saved you want to see your family come together to a healthy place in God you want to see your church come together you want to see people restored that have been hurt needlessly and I'm going to ask you this question if you got people you know left here that needs to be back here and you want to stand in with them and pray around these altars today I want you to step out from where you're at if all these things meet the criteria of your pleasure won't you come and stand around these altars and cry out to God and intercede for these needs today? As we believe today that God is working in special ways. He's healing hearts. He's changing lives. There's nothing too hard for Him. Just put your trust in Him today. He's healing hearts. God, you're touching lives. Father, there are those that are gathered around here even now to say, Here I am, Lord. I, I need you to take my desire and, and, and my faith and launch me forth launch me forth take me into the paths of your direction I want to be a blessing for my church for my family I don't want to walk in the counsel of the ungodly I don't want to stand in the paths of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful the negative the frustrated the the attitude is, God, I want to rest in the grace of your peace. And Father, today there are lives, Lord, that are standing in the gap for this church. They're standing in the gap for those that have been hurt. They're standing in the gap for those that were passionately crying out by the call of God. Come home. The enemy hurts you, but come home. We want to love you. We want to restore you. We want to put our arms around you. We want to make some things right. Our primary goal is to, 
is to purposefully walk. God, today, with you as the central focus of our hearts. Today, Father, I ask you for an anointing fresh and anew upon each one that by faith and with a right heart stepped out to allow you, Father, to do that graceful work in their life. God, I ask you, Father, that you would anoint us afresh and anew. Fill our cups, Lord, till it runs over. Father, where there's change that needs to take place, you lead us into that change. If there's people that are in the way, God, change them or move them. But you do it, God, so that no one is hurt through the transition. God, if there's somebody there today, Lord, that needs to draw nearer to you, Lord, don't let the enemy, hallelujah, don't let the enemy's voice be louder than yours. Roar like a mighty lion of the tribe of Judah into their spirit. And God, let them hear. Let them acknowledge. Let them embrace the counsel of your word. We'll give you the glory for it all in Jesus' name. Can everybody just give God a praise around these altars right now? A big praise of glory. There's something happening. There are people that are leaving here that have touched God. Their lives are changing. Amen. And there's nothing too hard for God. We've got, to, we've got some things we got to do, and I'm convinced if we don't fix what we've done, we can't go forward. We're going to stay right here. We've got to fix some things. We've got to fix our hearts that God will show us, that God will guide us, that he will direct us. You believe that this morning? Amen. I believe with all my heart. Today, great things are happening in the Lord. And we're trusting in Him to guide us through all this today.